Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Remember I told you that Mount Sinai looks like a really giant pulpit. It's kind of rectangular in shape, and what a great place that God would lead the people to Mount Sinai to stand before this giant pulpit, if you will, as God gives them, and they hear uh, uh, one of the greatest sermons ever preached. As God gives Moses, you know, the Ten Commandments there at Mount Sinai. Now, just by way of review, here we go. The Ten Commandments. We've been rehearsing them because we want to know them, because we don't want to not know them. Amen. Amen. And it's important to know them. So let's just one last time together, the old college try. Let's read them together. Commandment number one, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your mom and your dad. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. And you shall not covet anything of your neighbors. Stop right there. Look at me. The law is divided. Remember, we've talked about just for review in the event that you weren't here. The law is divided into how many components? Two. Two. Very good. You have what? The law of God and the law of Moses. And they are different. And they are distinct in that, remember, the law of God is the Ten Commandments. We just read them. And the Ten Commandments are eternal. They are unchanging. They are binding upon all men throughout all time and history. And then the law of Moses deals with the ceremonial and civil aspects of the nation of Israel. And it is applicable and binding and applies to Jewish people only, not the Gentiles. And remember some time ago... Um, several months ago even now, we talked about the distinctions between the law of God and the law of Moses. The law of God, you know, was given audibly from Mount Sinai and everyone heard it. The law of Moses was given privately to Moses. Remember the law of God, it was written with the very finger of God on tablets of stone. The laws of Moses were dictated from God to Moses And Moses put them in writing. The law of God was miraculously preserved in the Ark of the Covenant. The law of Moses was not to be kept in the Ark of the Covenant. The distinctions. But also the law of God is distinct, listen, in that it was given to people who had already been redeemed. 
Remember we talked about this? What do you mean, Rodney? Remember the people had already been saved and they had already come out of Egypt and they are in the wilderness currently when God gives them the commandments, when God gives them the Ten Commandments. God didn't say or God didn't give them the commandments while they were in Egypt and then say to them, are you listening? If you keep the commandments, then you can come out of Egypt. God didn't say, okay, I'm going to give you the commandments while you're in bondage. And I want you to do the law and then I'll set you free. No, that's not what happened. God set them free. They were rescued. They were set free from Egypt. And then God gave them the commandments. What that tells us is that God delivered them by his grace. Don't you see? God is already giving us this picture of grace way back in the wilderness. You know, we think grace just came about in the New Testament. No. God had already been telling us about grace. Because God redeemed them by his grace, and it's by his grace that he called them, and it's by his grace that he made them a people. And then God says, here is what I want you to do to respond to my grace. You understand, this is what we've been talking about on Sunday morning. It's not the righteousness that you can accomplish, that you can do in order to make God happy with you. We respond to God in service after God has already done a work in us. You, you see that? So if you haven't been with us, so far we have covered nine of the ten commandments. Tonight, saints, listen, we come to the final and last commandment, you shall not covet. This is a biggie. Why don't y'all go ahead and say amen ahead of time. Amen. <laughs> this was fun, okay? This is a real, this is one of those commandments that literally just convict us all on some level. Guaranteed tonight you will walk out of here feeling very convicted, and, uh, but it's a blessing. You know, it's almost like, it's almost like a whooping. <laughs> when your parents and mom say, this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Well, it is, it's a good thing, but, but, but God in his last commandment, finally tonight, we come to the final of the Ten Commandments, you shall not covet anything of your neighbor. Well, Exodus chapter 20, we pick up our study tonight in verse 17. Saints, if you're looking at it, say amen. amen. You shall not covet, uh, you got to read it with me. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his tractor, nor his BMW. Oh, that, that, that's Hebrew for uh, donkey. Yes, y'all don't read the Bible. That's why you don't know that. That's, that's, so you shall not covet what? Nor his ox, nor his what? Donkey. Nor anything that is your neighbor's. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Well, notice, I want you to notice, as God wraps up the list of the big ten, 
God wraps it up with the final commandment. You shall not covet anything of your neighbors. If you're taking notes, you write this down. The word covet literally means to pant after. To pant after. What's coveting? Covening is wanting, listen, or panting after that which you already have enough of. You see, covetousness works like this. Here's the process. The eyes look upon an object. The mind admires it. The will goes over to it. The body moves in to possess it. And then you you want it. You go after it. And you take it. Coveting is an itch to have and possess what somebody else has. It literally speaks of a distraction with what we have and a jealousy over something someone else has. And so the Bible tells us you shall not covet anything of your neighbors. You shall not covet his house. Notice the Bible says that. You know, some people, it's a very, very practical Bible study tonight, very practical. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's house. You know, to some people, they have to have the right house in the right neighborhood. They got to have the right house in the right neighborhood. And this is a toughie, especially there's some nice houses around here. I mean, I get invited. Some of y'all got some really nice houses. I got to tell you, I'm, I'm struggling. I come in your house, I'm struggling. Y'all got to pray for me. Y'all got nice houses. And the Bible says don't covet your neighbor's house. You don't covet his wife. You know, don't covet your neighbor's wife. You know, husbands, how come my wife can't be more like that? It could also apply to wives. Wives would say, how come my husband can't be like him? Don't covet your neighbor's wife. The Bible says don't covet your neighbor's servants. Don't covet folks' servants. Now, most of us don't have... If you have servant, would you raise your hand if you have a servant? (laughs) Oh, we don't have servants anymore. I I really don't even know how to make that applicable, so let's move on. Amen. I don't need your help. And let's move on. Amen. And don't covet, are you listening? Don't covet your neighbor's ox or donkey. Now, this is, this is really, really, really important because actually we were joking around earlier. But, but literally, ox or donkey was a beast of burden. And listen, in Moses' day, it was very, very important for income. The ox or donkey. It was important for the income. So to us, certainly, this would represent not coveting another man's job or another person's source of income. Don't covet somebody's income. You know, be content with what God has given you. Be content. Is there anything wrong with wanting a better job? No. But, but you don't want to be find yourself coveting someone else's income or coveting someone else's job. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But, but it's very interesting because certainly there are more things to covet, but rather than list them all according to our text, did you notice God closes the commandment kind of with a catch-all of anything of your neighbors? Did you see that in verse uh, 17? Don't cover, covet anything of your neighbors. It's almost as if God leaves it open for you to investigate your own heart. 
Don't covet anything of your neighbors. And certainly there are many things that we can find ourselves coveting. You can find yourself coveting someone's sports ability. You can find yourself coveting somebody's marriage, someone's clothes, someone's bank account, somebody's kids. You know, in church, in the body of Christ, people find themselves coveting another man's gift. Don't covet another person's gift. Or you find yourself in the church, I've seen this so many times, coveting, I was talking to the pastors about this yesterday, coveting another man's ministry. Don't, don't do that. You know, don't, don't find yourself, you know, if you're a teacher of the word, listen to me close, this is like specifically for you. If you're a teacher of the word, don't find yourself coveting the pulpit. Don't let your heart go there. You know, oftentimes we think because we teach the Bible or, or we're, we're a minister that somehow automatically you're supposed to find yourself in the pulpit, pastoring, senior pastoring the church. Just because you teach the word does not mean that God called you to pastor. Listen, they are different. They are different. Uh, many guys come to me and say, you know, I feel like God's called me to pastor. And I get to talking to them. And I find out that they feel that God's called them to teach. And I try to make sure that I, you know, delineate and be very, very clear. Because there's a difference in teaching and pastoring. The pulpit ministry and pastoring the church is different. Now, if you're a pastor, you also need to be a teacher. They do go hand in hand that way. But you can be a teacher and not pastor. If you understand, say amen. amen. You can be a teacher and not pastor. There's a lot of people I know are wonderful, wonderful, awesome Bible teachers, and they don't pastor churches. They travel and they teach, and they're wonderful teachers. They're great Bible teachers, but pastoring is a whole nother set of giftings, guys. It's so different, and that's why when you see a person who's, who's trying to function outside of their giftedness, that's not a blessing, that's a curse. Y'all mustn't hear me. I said, that's not a blessing. That's a curse. When you're trying to do something that God has not gifted you to do, that's not pretty. It's awkward. Like, like a dog trying to walk on its hind legs for any length of time. It's awkward. It doesn't work. It doesn't flow. That's how you know a person is functioning in their gifting because it does work. It just flows. That's just what they do. That's just what they do. And they do it easily. I really do, th I really do believe that. Where God calls, God enables. God calls you. God enables you. You'll just do it. That's what you do. That's what you love to do. It's just anything that God calls you. It just flows because that's your gift. It just flows. And you'll stir it up and you'll get better at it. And, and you'll, you'll do any gifting. I'm not just talking about the pastor. Now I'm talking about any gifting because it's a gift from the Holy Spirit. And, and it just flows. It's just what you do. But, but don't look at somebody else's gift and try to function in their gifting. This happens all the time in the church. And unfortunately, e even here on the stage, it happens even more. And people think, you know, I can do worship. I can be a worship leader. Well, that's, that's, that's a gifting. You, you, you know, God, you need to be gifted. Because if you're not gifted in what you're trying to do, it will be awful. The ministry is awful when you're not gifted in what God, when what you believe God's called you to do. It's, it's terrible. But when you're gifted, 
it's smooth, it's functioning, it's wonderful, it's a blessing. Is it difficult? Yeah. Is it work? Yeah. But, but you find a joy and a peace and a blessing in it. But when God didn't call you, it's awful. And it's not a blessing to anyone. I'm just trying to keep it real for y'all tonight. Don't covet another man's gift and don't covet another man's ministry or ability to teach. Now, listen, are you taking notes? You might want to begin to write down a few things right about here. Why does God have a law against covenant? You might ask. Why does God have a law against covenant? Well, listen, I'm going to give you four simple reasons tonight why God forbids covenant. If you're taking notes, number one, God forbids coveting because it puts my focus in the wrong place. God forbids coveting because it puts my focus in the wrong place. Secondly, God forbids coveting because it puts a barrier, listen, between me and my neighbor. And we're going to talk about these things. Put your focus in the wrong place, coveting does. Coveting puts a barrier between me and my neighbor. Thirdly, God forbids coveting because it leads to breaking all of God's commands. We'll talk about that. It leads, coveting, did you know, leads to breaking all of the other commandments. In other words, I'm saying right up front that coveting, once you get to that place of coveting, you start breaking all the other commandments, although it's number 10, and I don't think it's in this order. Because you start breaking all the other commandments, we'll talk about that. I'm getting ahead of myself. And then finally, fourthly, God forbids coveting because it will destroy my spiritual relationship. God forbids coveting because it puts my focus in the wrong place. It's a barrier between me and my neighbor. It leads to breaking all of God's commands. And then finally, God forbids coveting because it will destroy my spiritual life. Point number one, God forbids coveting because it puts my focus in the wrong place. Listen, give me your attention. Coveting leads to putting your focus on earthly things and you're getting your heart chained to the earth. First John chapter two, verse 15. Perhaps you know it. It says, do not love the world, neither the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father, do you know, is not in him. Don't love the world. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 tells us to set your mind on things, what saints, above and not on the things of the earth. I like Luke chapter 12 verse 15 and I really like it in the NIV version. It says this, watch out and be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. I love that. And then in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, it reads this on the screen. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures where, saints? In heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For what? Read it with me. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Notice Jesus didn't say, where your heart is, your treasure will be. Isn't that interesting? 
He didn't say where your heart is, your treasure will be. Jesus says where you put your treasure, that's where your heart will follow. So in other words, are you listening? If you put your treasure in the stock market, you will be checking the stock market every day. Because this is where your heart will go. Your heart is going to follow wherever you put your treasure. Do you understand? That's why it's important to put your treasure in the kingdom. Please. We don't need to go there. We already know. You've been coming to Calvary for a minute. You know God is not broke. God's not broke. I don't tell you to put your treasure in the kingdom because God is broken. Well, the kingdom's going to fall apart if you don't give your money. Nope, that's not what the Bible says. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He does, that doesn't mean he has, you know, a thousand one hills, there's no cattle of his. That doesn't mean that. It, it's just simply the picture of God owns everything. Amen. He's not broke. And if you don't put your treasure in the kingdom, the kingdom will be just fine. Amen. Kingdom was fine before you came here. The kingdom be fine when you leave. Amen. But you put your treasure in the kingdom, not because God is broke, but because God tells us where you put your treasure, that's where your heart's going to follow. So if you put your treasure in the kingdom of God, your heart's going to go into the kingdom. And you'll be heavenly minded. The best way to live life is to live it backwards. What do you mean, Rodney? Live your life from heaven to earth, not from earth to heaven. So you live your life by putting your treasures in the kingdom in heaven. And you'll be thinking about kingdom things. And your heart will just go toward the kingdom. You'll wake up in the morning thinking about kingdom stuff. And, and your mind will just be thinking about things of Jesus and things of the kingdom and what you can do to further the kingdom and how you can use your resources to further God's kingdom. Your heart goes to the kingdom. Amen. When you put your treasure in the kingdom, your heart follows. Amen. You understand? Amen. And that's what Jesus says here. He says, listen, if your treasure is in the kingdom, that's where your heart is going to follow. So God forbids coveting because coveting gets your heart in the wrong place. Coveting riches can also, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down, can also encourage false dependence. What do you mean, Rodney? Keep your finger in Exodus. Go to Revelation. It is the last book of the Bible. You already know that. Revelation chapter 3. Turn there quickly. Let me hear those pages turning. Let me hear those pages turning. I love to hear pages turning. Bible pages, that is. Revelation chapter 3. And look at this. We're talking about coveting riches. We're talking about your heart in the wrong place. We're talking about encouraging a false dependence. That's why you shouldn't cover riches. Revelation chapter 3. And we'll just simply look at verse 17. Look at verse 17, Revelation 3, 17. You're looking at it. Jesus is saying this. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are 
what saints? Wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Jesus goes on to say to this lukewarm church of the Laodiceans, Jesus says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be really rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with eyes salve that you may see. As many as I love, I, I love this ver these verses, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I'll dine with him and he with me. And to him who overcomes, I'll grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. And he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. Listen up to what the Spirit says to the churches. The verse I really wanted you to take a look at is actually in verse 17. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.